How are you guys doing tonight? Sorry I made y'all stand up, or that was my request. Sorry, killed everybody's night. Um, y'all, y'all doing good? That's that's a good thing. Um, I saw a couple of movies not too uh, long ago. I saw uh, School of Rock with Jack Black. I don't know if any of your kids saw that. That's okay. I saw some mystery movie with Denzel Washington in it. I don't know. Out of Tom? It's all right. I was embarrassed. I sat with the junior hire, and the first part of that movie is not good. Uh, Anyways, it was real embarrassing if you've seen that. But, guys, those are not my favorite movies, those type, mystery or even comedy. Some of my favorite movies are the old war movies, such as Braveheart, Henry V, Joan of Arc, all those type of medieval type of movies with the swords and the castles and the kings and the knights and the damsels in distress and all that kind of stuff. And the common thread that I noticed in every one of those movies, there seems to be a king who is the enemy. And then on the other side of the coin, there are a group of subjects who are under his rule or his lordship. And that's what William Wallace and Joan of Arc and people like that, they were fighting against. They were fighting against those kings and uh, those rulers that were oppressing everybody else. And the one thing that never fails in these movies that you're always going to see is that the kings are extremely power hungry and they will do anything in this world to keep that power. And they usually think that producing worry or fear in the minds of the people will keep them with that power. Usually how they do that is they threaten to take the women of the village or they'll burn down a house or they'll slice someone's throat or something like that and use them as an example. Well, guys, I know these movies, um, they're just movies I'm talking about, but usually they're set in a real time period back in the Dark Ages, the medieval times, and some of those tactics were really used. Those people probably did have those fears. And the people back then, they were scared for their life. And therefore, because of that fear, because of that worry, they served their king. Well, to put it on more of a, I guess, spiritual terms and terms for us, guys, because of our unbelief in God, we are worried about our life as well. We're worried about our life, and therefore, what we do is we tend to protect our stuff and we store up things for ourselves. But if we would just believe in the Word of God, if we would just believe in His Word, we would know that that mindset is absolutely absurd because God has already given us His kingdom. So that's what we should seek. Hopefully we're going to see that tonight in Matthew 6, 25-34. If you will turn with me there, Matthew 6, verses 25-34. And we can hear the Word of our Lord. Matthew 6, 25-34. These are the words of Christ. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body. What you will wear is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you, that you need them. 
But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight um, loving you for your grace and for your mercy, Lord. Loving you because you loved us and uh, you've given us so much. Lord, we also come before you tonight sinners, and we ask you to forgive us for all of our sins, Lord, that we commit against you daily. Lord, thank you for this group of men and women, and thank you for their dedication to come and listen to your word and, um, and daily grow in you. Lord, I pray that tonight you will bless the words coming from my mouth, and I pray they're pleasing to you. If they're not, uh, please erase these words from their ears, Lord. And if they are pleasing to you, um, engrave it in their hearts, Lord, and make it applicable to them where they'll leave here knowing you and knowing your love more. We thank you for your son and his death on the cross and resurrection, Lord, because it's only him that anything is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Worry. Worry. Guys, that's a topic that hits every single last one of us right in the face. It hits us right square in the eyes. It's something that all of us experience, and I'm glad Christ deals with this topic in the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not going through the entire background tonight to give you the context of the Sermon on the Mount, but I am going to summarize and put into context a little bit from what Christ uh, has been saying because of one word. One word. He's been saying a lot of stuff before this, and I need to put this whole thing Give you all the context of it because of the word therefore. Therefore. See, when you read the Bible and you see the word therefore, like it says in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. When you see that word therefore, it's imperative that you go up and you read what's before it says that. That gives you the context. Basically, the word therefore means I've told you all of this, and now here comes the application to what I just told you. See, in verses 19 through 24, the ones we did not read, in 1924 of chapter 6, Jesus is telling his disciples not to store up treasures because they're no good as far as eternity is concerned. So don't store up treasures on earth. And you know, and I know, that we all have treasures here that we depend on, and sometimes those treasures can become our God. You guys know that, I know that. Well, then Christ moves on. And he says that we can't serve more than one God. We can't serve both God and money, or some, some translations say mammon, or, or whatever else you put your faith in. We can't serve both God and money, or God and mammon, or God and anything else that we would have our faith in. Well, to a lot of people, and maybe you in this room tonight, that rocks your world. That totally shakes your foundation that, that you're on. Because many people in churches today, many of y'all, sometimes me, we put our faith in everything but God, And so those words that Christ gave are extremely tough to swallow. But God is so good. He's so good. And he's not like other earthly kings that will get your faith and worship by taking your homes and taking your family and and making you worry all the time. That's not how the true king does things. That's not how our God works. Instead of constantly keeping you in fear and keeping you in worry, he says something like this. I know that I just rocked your world because there's so many idols in your life. And I know that there's unbelief in your life. But I tell you, don't worry. 
dot, dot, dot. And the question that you should have right now in your head is, why not? Why shouldn't I worry? I do have treasures in my life, and I need these things to go on. Why shouldn't I worry? Well, we're going to get to that, but first we need to start at the beginning. We need to go to the beginning and see what worry looks like, and see why do we worry, and then we can find out why we shouldn't worry. So first, to start it off, what is worry? What does it look like? And the question, do you ever worry? I'm pretty certain that if you're breathing, that if you took a breath in the last few seconds, then you've worried at least one time in your life. You know what worry is all about. You know, I was watching the TV the other night, and Lay and I, we were at the house, and we were watching television, and a movie preview came on, and there was this girl in a really big house, and it was really dark in that house, and she was looking through a hole in the wall, and, and she was freaking out, and she was shaking, and she was crying and breathing really hard, and she was just fearful for her life. Well, of course, the movie was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and she had a chainsaw coming at her head, but <laughs> the fact is that she was worried. And that's real worry. That is real. You agree, that is real worry. But I need to tell you, that's not the only type of worry there is. And remember the Titans, one of my favorite movies. And if your kids have ever been to the junior high youth group, we watch it on every bus ride at least twice. And they hate me for it, but they, they'll learn to, like, remember the Titans. Anyways, Coach Boone, the coach, he gets a rock thrown through his window. And Coach Boone, he is worried about his family's safety. You know, that's real worry. My mom, and when she hears this tape and she hears me use an example of her, she's going to kill me, so sorry, Mom. Um, she worries a lot. She worries a whole lot. Every time she sees something on the news, she worries. I remember Elaine and I, we were living in Mississippi, uh, at Mississippi College. That's where we went to college. We got married. We were living in married housing, and there was a Walmart right by us. My mom heard on the news that there was a rapist out going to Walmart, taking girls who had curly hair and raping them. Well, have you ever seen my wife? She has curly hair, and she's a woman, and she goes to Walmart a lot. So my mom's like, don't go to Walmart. And, and just the other day, she came up to visit us the other day. And Elaine's pregnant right now, and, and she said, you know, I'm not going to buy the, your baby a baby pool when it gets old enough. I'm like, Why not? She said, I saw the news, and, or she might have known somebody, I'm not sure. But a baby fell in a baby pool and it drowned. Therefore, my mom was not going to ever get the baby a baby pool because she was worried that it was going to drown. Like it or not, guys, that is real worry. That's real worry. We had a concert here on Friday night in the parking lot. I hope some of you guys saw that. And there was a lot that went into that. And sometimes I found myself worrying whether it was going to be all perfect or not. It's real worry. But what about you? What about you tonight? Look at yourselves. Do you worry? Have you ever worried about something? Maybe you're in a fight with your spouse right now and the word divorce got thrown up in the air. That's real worry. And maybe your husband just lost his job and you have no idea where that next paycheck is coming from. That is real worry. Maybe you just found out that one of your family members just got diagnosed with cancer. That's worry. Or, or maybe you just caught your kids taking drugs or... or or drinking, or, or doing whatever, and you have no idea how to handle it, and all you can do is freak out. That's worry. You see, worry comes in many forms and from many different situations. And guys, it is worry or fear that makes you take your focus off the promises of God and place them upon situations and your own concerns. I'm going to say that again because that's important. Worry 
make you, it makes you take your focus off the promises of God and place them upon your situations and your concern. So right now the question needs to be, do you worry? Do you worry? Yeah, you probably do. Probably do like the rest of us in here. But why? Why do we worry? Why do we worry? And here, I'm going to tell you the answer. And, and you might not like it. You might not like the answer at all, but I feel like it's important to say. Worry is a condition of heart. And our heart, due to the fall of man, has much sin in it. And because of that sin, there is unbelief in God. That's the answer to worry. That's the answer to why we worry. Unbelief in God. Now, many of you don't like that answer and you're out there thinking right now that you're a Christian man or woman and you're a good Christian man or woman and you have your quiet times and you come to church and you read your Bible and you give to the church and you're a good mother or you're a good father or you're a good spouse, whatever. You're a PTA member. I don't know. <laughs> you have all this in your head and, and you just can't accept the fact that there is unbelief in your heart. And I understand that because unbelief is not good news. Unbelief is terrible news. See, my father, he's been having some spots on his face, and they've been itching and bothering him. Therefore, he went to the doctor, and the doctor said that he had some cancerous places, you know, along his face. That's bad news. That's real bad news. Just like unbelief in your heart. But let's look at it this way. The doctor found those cancerous places on his face in time to remove it so that he would be all better. Well, that's good news, and the good news far outweighs the bad. See, it's good to know the true diagnosis of your problem. See, for my dad, it was cancerous spots. It wasn't just a rash. It was cancerous spots. It's good to know that's what he get taken care of. It's good to know the true diagnosis of our spiritual problem, which is unbelief. Even if it takes you back a little bit, it's good news because now we know what needs to be fixed. Sometimes in life when we worry, guys, we try to look at the circumstances around that worry and we try to fix that. For example, if I'm worried about money, I might try to alter my job or, or change jobs or something like that. If my kids were caught drinking, I might move them to another school. You kind of understand what I'm saying. I'd be trying to change the situations around my worry. The main issue would still be there and the solution is not to patch things up. If your son fell on his bicycle and he skinned his knee, you wouldn't just put a Band-Aid over that spot without cleaning the infection. You wouldn't do that because the infection would still be there. Spiritually speaking, guys, our core problem when we worry is unbelief. And that unbelief is, in a sense, our infection. And if I find myself in unbelief, guys, and if you find yourself in unbelief, if I find myself in unbelief, I would need to deal with the root problem. The root problem of not believing that the Lord would provide for my needs according to His riches and glory. That's the root problem, our unbelief. If I'm worried about something that's not fixing the situation, it's going and realizing that I'm not believing that the Lord can provide for my needs according to His riches and His glory. Not my riches and my glory, His riches and His glory. Well, guys, we worry and we know that we worry because of unbelief, and unbelief equals sin. So now let's get to the good news. Let's get to the good news. Why, should not, why shouldn't we worry? Why shouldn't we worry? Let's go through our text that we're studying tonight. God gives us many reasons not to worry and to serve Him instead of serving that mammon or money that we were talking about. First, 
verse 25 says this. It says not to worry about our life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you wear. Isn't life more important than that kind of stuff? See, we tend to worry about external things such as clothes and admiration of our friends and food and money and stuff and things and external possessions. And that's not what life is all about. You weren't created for the external surface things. That's not what you were created for. You were created to worship and to enjoy God and to live with His approval. Period. For Not for external things, but for the internal, godly things. Number two, in verse 26, Christ starts talking about birds. And He questions us by saying, Are you not more valuable than they? Well, guys, application from that is we should not worry because we see how God takes care of birds. Birds weren't made as God's children, but we were. We, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a child of God, made in His image, in His likeness. Do you not think that the Lord would take care of His own children over a bunch of birds? Number three. Verse 27, it's a very practical question that the Lord asks His disciples. Who can add a single hour to His life? Practically speaking, what does worry do for you? What does it do for you at all? Nothing, except it makes you, it makes you miserable, so why worry? Number four, Jesus next talks about lilies and grass and how they are made beautiful and taken care of by God. God obviously takes pleasure out of making His creation beautiful. He obviously does. Go up to the Smoky Mountains right now and drive through them and and see the leaves changing colors and you'll see how beautiful His creation is. He takes pleasure out of making His creation beautiful so that it can be a testimony to His goodness. To go along with the bird example, how much more do you think God would want to give us and make us beautiful since we are His children? It's another reason why you shouldn't worry. Number five, verse 31, ask us for a a few more questions. And verse 32 speaks about pagans running after earthly treasures. Remember, guys, the question is, why shouldn't we worry? Well, John Piper, some of you are familiar with him. He puts it this way by saying, anxiety about the things of this world puts us on the same level with the world of unbelievers. We'll say it again. John Piper says, anxiety or worry about the things of this world puts us on the same level with the world of unbelievers. Unbelievers are gripped by worry about money and job and other treasures. They're gripped by it. You guys know many unbelievers and you see their goals in life. You see what they're worried about. They have that death grip on them about stuff. We as believers must understand that we have a Father who loves us. Who loves us and knows exactly what we need. Father God knows that. We got sixthly and lastly, kind of the main point. We shouldn't worry because He has given us the kingdom. Verse 33 says, To seek first His kingdom, and all these things will be given unto you. It doesn't say seek second or seek third. It doesn't say seek first your portfolio or seek first your family or seek first your job or seek first your kids or seek first your marriage or or anything else that you hold on to so tightly. 
It says, seek first His kingdom. And all the things that you need will be given to you. Guys, in closing tonight, we can't serve both God and money. It's impossible. You can't do it. You can't serve both God and mammon. And the word mammon in some translations just means simply anything that we put our trust in. You can't serve both things. And it does rock our world to know that. It, it, it shakes me sometimes to understand that on my, on my cell phone. I think I have Matthew 6.24 on, on my cell phone just to remind me just of that fact. But our gracious God, to make us love Him even more. Guys, He doesn't scare us. He doesn't frighten us. But says, don't worry. Don't worry. And He says something like this. I can imagine Him saying it almost. He says, and believe in Me. Because if you seek Me first, I know what you need and I'll give it to you. I'm your Father and I've created you out of My own image. Look around. I take care of the animals. And I make nature beautiful. I take delight out of that. Don't you think I take more delight out of blessing my children? Ladies and gentlemen, cast all of your worries on Him. Many of you out there tonight, you're worried. Your life is full of worry with your kids or spouse or something. Cast all of your worries on Him and take heed to His promises. If you're worried about lacking wisdom in some decision, you have some huge decision coming up. If you're, if you're worried about that, hold on to Psalms 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. If you're in any kind of trouble and you're worried, check out Psalms 34, 19 and take hold of that word. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. What about if you're worrying about people coming against you? Many of you have adversaries out there. All of us do. All the time. Romans 8.31 says this. It's the great, great promise. If God is for us, who can be against us? And guys, if you're just worried in general, if you're anxious in general, if you just live your life thinking something bad is going to happen and you're just always freaked out, why don't you look over at Philippians 4, 4 through 7. And I'm just going to read that to you real quick. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evidence to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding... And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Take hold of those words. Take hold of those scriptures. Take hold of, of, of the actual word of God and believe it. Believe it and apply it to your life when you find yourself in turmoil and, and worry. And then you can look back to verse 34 of Matthew 6. And we have another therefore. Therefore, 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 remember what everything is before this. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Oh, guys. How we can take comfort in, in this whole text. How we can take comfort in the words of Christ. 
We have a Father who loves us and we can cast all of our cares upon. So as we leave this place tonight, as you leave tonight and maybe you haven't heard anything I've said at all, but ask yourselves this question and, and remember at least the text because that's what changes our life. That changes our life. The Word of God changes our life. Not what Dr. Young says or I say or Richard Hall says or anything like that. The Word of God does. So remember this text and remember this one question. It only consists of two words. Why worry? Why worry? It doesn't make sense if we do. It makes no sense at all. If we believe in the Word of God, if we truly believe it, and remember, because of our sinful hearts, we're caught in unbelief, but if we believe in this Word, then we won't. We won't worry because it makes no sense. It's not rational. Tonight, walk away from here free from the death grip that worry has on you. Many of you come from a job today and you're tensed up and you're freaked out because you have something going on tomorrow. Your kids are, are wigging you out right now. I know, I deal with them. They're, they're freaking you out. They freak me out too. But you, in some cases, guys, it has a death grip on you. And I understand that. Walk away from here tonight free of that death grip. And know that someone who is in control of everything in this world, everything, there's not one stray molecule as I've heard before, that God doesn't have control of. Know that someone who has control of everything in this world has control of your problem too, has control of your life, and He's ready for you to cast your burdens upon Him. Cast your worries upon Him. Let's pray. Father God, we love You so much. and. Uh, what a great text, Lord, to give your people. Lord, that is one of the biggest sins that we have right now. You know, sometimes we think of sin as being um, lying, cheating, drinking too much, whatever, Lord. is worry. I mean, because we're all, we're all doing it. We all have stuff coming down on us. A lot of things that are stressing us out is making us worry. Lord, thank you for the word that you've given us where we can... Take hold of your promises and we can apply to our life and we can walk away from here knowing that you, the sovereign God of all, all of our lives in this whole universe, has it all under control. And we can truly then say, your will be done to everything, Lord. Lord, we love you so much and thank you that we can come to a place like this tonight and worship you in spirit and in truth and, and uh, sing to you and, and listen to your word. Thank you for your son, Christ, Lord. Thank you that you, you sent Him and He died on the cross and saved us for all of our sins. Lord, we love You so much. And um, we pray a special blessing on everyone in this room tonight, Lord, and their families. In Jesus' name, amen.